3: The Tech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio.
0: Let's head straight down to the pit lane. The cars were put away last night after a fairly fractured and uh, red flag strewn nighttime practice. I think I've seldom seen, if ever, so few laps completed by teams who wanted to be out there green flag is out what can you tell us about the cars some of the cars that had problems last night
1: well the first update comes at the uh, expense of another green car so happy st patrick's day out there to all the fans around the world the gradient racing acura did not have a great night practice very few cars would qualify their night practice as great but theirs was particularly not There was contact on the race course with the 04 CrowdStrike Racing by APR Orica LMP2 car that resulted in them losing an eye That was not a good start for them. They did manage to get out, though, and get night laps for all three of their drivers. But they have one driver in particular who is a little bit shorted as far as the running was concerned. That would be Mark Miller. Well, Mark is in the repaired Acura. It does have two headlights once again, meaning that he is out there getting his daytime laps, as it were. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he will be going out for qualifying. The car has been fully repaired. Mark doing a shakedown now, but I do see Sheena Monk wearing her fire suit. So it's still up in the air as to which driver will be handling the qualifying duties for this Acura
0: team. Mark uh, got his third night lap in by about three seconds. He did get across the line, spoke to Bob Barfield. I think just one driver we worked out who uh, or two drivers rather that didn't get their night laps. George Kurtz who has been given a waiver because he raced here last year and won here in 2021 and The other one was David Brule, who the team as yet have not made any representation uh, to race control about him getting a waiver. So it may be they're not planning to have him in the car during the darkness hours. When you said they'd lost an eye, by the way, I thought the 66 then were being renamed (laughs) Great Racing. But... uh, never mind, uh, good morning Jeremy Shaw I'll get them out the way early, good morning Jeremy Shaw uh, another beautiful day today, perfect conditions so 61 Fahrenheit on track and in the air, that's 16 Celsius all around quick little session this morning just to make sure everything is working, particularly for the two Acuras that had problems last night,
4: yeah really it's just a sort of c- kind of hardship laps really or a, you know, a very brief shakedown run just the time for three or four laps probably uh, make sure everything's okay, get ready for qualifying and it's uh, f- for some of the teams you know they, they, they need this still because there's still a lot of question marks going into qualifying a lot more I think than usual here. Um, I spoke to a couple of Acura people. they're certainly concerned about the uh, the cars cutting out as they have done on a regular basis yesterday. I
0: spoke to WAE who are the team behind the uh, the hybrid bundle as we've been calling it not a hybrid issue, Uh, electronics um, we knew the steering wheel was playing up on the 60 MSR car going through turn one now, that particular machine Um, engine cutting out as well on that and the WTR Andretti Racing machine, so electrics rather than hybrid electrics the problem, Uh, both of those teams tried to get the cars home on the power uh, that was in the energy store um, and particularly we saw twice the number 60 machine their settings however were still on the launch setting from the pits which uses a big bunch of that energy store to get the car moving quickly and fire the engine um, having a quick chat this morning it, it would seem that with an absolutely full energy store the reckon they could do about three miles around here, so not quite a full lap, two-thirds to three-quarters of a lap with 100% of the energy store. And we, and we did hear, I think it was Tom Blomqvist last night saying they had to go back and recharge the energy um, store. Uh, it was, uh, sorry, Ricky Taylor, wasn't it, with the ten car? They had to go and recharge in the, in the paddock area.
4: Yeah, I mean, there, there isn't an easy answer to the question of uh, what, no. what went wrong. Uh, it's basically, though, know, the bumps here are, are causing sort of kind of spikes, if you like, and, and there's not really a specific problem anywhere in particular except for the fact that the engineers, quote unquote, wh- wh- whomever they may be, are con- constantly still trying to improve this package. Um, I mean, they, it, everything was working, seemed to be working fine, I think, at the test here a few weeks ago. But since then, they've made some more improvements, um, and and they you know they are not doing it exactly uh, as had been anticipated. So yeah, it's the it's this talking to that uh, and comparing notes with the other uh, in terms of the different components on the car that is is causing those kind of anomalies.
0: Sure, Adam, uh, this. Session quite important for quite a lot of the teams.
1: I've just realized why it matters. Uh, This 10-minute session, unlike qualifying, you can make changes to the car. So if you find that your tire pressures are a little bit too high, if you find that your ride height is a little too high for whatever the reason the conditions don't match up, you can make a change now and get your car better for qualifying. And we do have a different setup for qualifying today. The GT cars will all be out together, and then the LMP2 and LMP3 cars will be out together. And then we're going to have GTP on track by itself.
0: Stunning time put in yesterday by the Ferrari hypercar. A a new lap record for that particular category. And by far the fastest time we've seen from any of the WEC cars uh, through the prologue last weekend and through the week up until that point be interesting to see later on today what particularly the and Cadillac can do, the red and black 31 car because people Durrani sector times yesterday were as good as that Antonio Fuoco Ferrari time of qualifying yesterday but he chose not to complete the lap but his bet
4: best sector times were pretty stunning Jeremy Shaw. Yeah they were they put him well into the, uh, into the 45s and at the fastest lap uh, of the of the entire week so far well the entire day yesterday anybody has turned is at 147.0 so well over a second faster than that if you just put his his best split times together but um, as as, uh, as you say he pulled in on that on that quick lap he gone purple in sectors one and two and then came straight into the pit lane so uh, we don't know what he can do but hopefully we'll find out in about oh, what 45 minutes or so around about an hour when when GTP cars get out there finally
0: we'll stay on air between the two sessions here which has already only got three minutes left to go it's the two BMWs at the top of the times at the moment in GTP 24 from 25, Augusto Fafos from Conor de Felipe for BMW team RLL
4: take a picture of that
0: Yeah, Bobby Rahal will be doing exactly that
4: unfortunately it's 51s they're doing at the moment rather than 47s that everybody was doing yesterday, but in that n- night, night practice that was uh, so disrupted, uh, the best lap times there was was only a, a f- 49. was it? I can't remember now. I'll, I'll look. It a, in, in that night session. The best time was a 48.9, 48.8. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, really, there was no super fast laps at all to turn during that night session, which is unusual.
0: I think just people didn't get to that part of their uh, program yeah. in the night session because of all those interruptions, Jeremy. I think that's basically what it comes down to. Possibly a bit of remedial work needing doing on the edges of the kerb at Turn 1 and Turn 13 as well. There's a bit of a trench down there. It'd be nice to stick your tomatoes in it, to be honest, and, uh, and cover it back over with a bit of, uh, of peat. Uh, plenty of people going right the way to the edge, and yesterday we saw them go a wee bit further the right Porsche at Turn 1 flirting with disaster there as I said in the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America race yesterday, it's not the going off that's the problem, although you do get your Michelin tyres dirty Turn 16 also the uh, left hand side Michelin tyres going off for the right Porsche it's the number 16, blue car light blue car, it's the coming back on, it's uh, Jan Halen by the way who's pushing the limits there, it's the coming back on, because when you get and it is a good couple of inches certainly a turn 13, maybe a little bit more it's coming back on the edges of those serrated curbs are potentially destructive to the inside sidewall and shoulder of the Michelin Racing tyres, they act like a box cutter and can just slice straight through particularly interestingly if you haven't got the tyres up to temperature and pressure, and remember, for many years now, there's been no tyre warmers allowed in IMSA. I don't think we've ever had that, to be honest. Uh, some other times coming in, LMP2, Anders Fjord back, the number 20, high-class racing, Origa 154.2, is the best of the LMP2s. Big slide for the BMW of Tom Blomqvist. Uh, excuse me, for the BMW of uh, Cha. I'll get the right cars in a moment. Connor De Filippi, the 25 cars, the checkered flag comes out, it's been changed at the top. And that was at turn 13. Let me do the other classes for you GTD Pro, Daniel Serra, Risi, Competizione, Ferrari, GTD, Team Kortoff, Michael Grenier, and LMP. Three Dan Goldberg for JDC Miller Motorsports changes at the top have seen Porsche, Acura, Cadillac and Acura all usurp the BMW M hybrids Mathieu Jaminier yet to come to the line to complete his 6th lap in this 10 minute session but he's quickest on a 47 flat for the Porsche Penske Motorsports Porsche 963 number 6, Ricky Taylor's taking the chequered flag with the number 10, Konigman the Acura People Durrani, the red, white and black or dark grey, Cadillac v Series. R. the number 31 is in third, they're separated by 1.7 seconds and at one second of that is Mathieu Jamina to Ricky Taylor, then Blomqvist in the 60, Acura, then the BMW Conor de Filippi. then the Penske number 7, the Porsche Motorsports 963. Augusto Farpas in seventh position. Fast and furious, that, Jeremy.
4: It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Everybody had to wait a picks this morning going out there to well, get on it quickly. That lap by Matthew Jamelet, I mean, it's within fractions of a second of the fastest time of the day yesterday. Uh, so, really good uh, effort by him to get in that clear lap there. Uh, Ricky Taylor's a full second behind. So, um, there's bigger gaps between the cars than um, I think we can expect when they come back out for qualifying in a little while's time but uh, pretty interesting none- nonetheless sebastian Bourdais, really the only guy that didn't get a representative lap. he only did four laps the only car to turn six laps was matthew jaminet that number six porsche uh, everybody else turning five or four or sometimes even three laps but uh, you know hopefully the teams will have learned what they wanted to learn fastest in lmp2 was uh, anders fjord back in the high-class racing, car number 20, he turned to 152.4. It's a pretty, pretty good lap. Uh, fasten LMP3, Dan Goldberg for JDC Miller Motorsports. That's for Duquesne at 158.5. Fasten GTD Pro, Daniel Seraph in the Ferrari for Easy Competizione. They'll be pleased with that. Two minutes point 0.4 for them, and I think that is the fastest lap of the weekend. Uh, by uh, quite some margin right, in actual right. fact well, uh, good time to
0: find pace <laughs> yeah
4: 20.4 the, the fastest lap yesterday in gtd was actually the non-pro car of trent hillman a two minute 1.0 so more than half a second faster this morning has gone daniel serra in the ferrari been a good uh, week so far for ferrari hasn't, yeah, it? hasn't it yes with that pole
0: position the wec they become the first manufacturer to take paul's in all of the major classes, uh, all of the manufacturing classes, obviously not LMP2 because they've, uh, we haven't had manufacturers in there, but uh, the top class and uh, both, or all versions, should I say, of the GT classes down through the years in WEC. That race coming with our countdown to green. Shea Adam will be on the grid for that. At 11.25 local, that is 3.25 in the UK and 4.25 in Europe. Just coming up to 10 minutes past nine here on Eastern Daylight Time. We have sprung forward here, that was last weekend. I know the uh, rest of the world hasn't done that yet, but just in case you're worried, if you go to imsradio.com. And scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll see our IMSA radio schedule there. It will automatically adjust to your browser time zone. And if you want to see everything that's going on in the next few weeks, if you go to radiolamond.com and do the same thing, you'll see the schedules for RS1, RS2 and RS3. And we have got some uh, extra running more extra coverage for you this weekend with the first round of the Nürburgring Langstrecke series and uh, that will be 6:15 in the morning on Saturday and run till uh, just after the start of this race. All right, time to go live in Sound and Vision for qualifying at Sebring. <laughs> The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Hello everybody, the top of the morning to you on St Patrick's Day and as my Irish grandmother would have said, and the rest of the day to yourself. Three and three quarter miles, 17 turns or corners. The names tell you all about the fact that this place has got history at every single Square inch of the concrete and asphalt around that three and three quarter miles passing and action areas at turn one turn seven Bit follow my leader after the breaking area for turn 10 But then another overtaking opportunity at turn 13 and then running down to turn 17 sunset And if you've ever been here as the Sun sinks slowly in the West You'll know exactly why that is called sunset right into the driver's eyes John Hindoff, Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam down in the pit lane for our live free coverage in sound and vision via IMSAradio.com. And you can get the live video uh, right there on the drop down menu. No subscription required for that here in the States or further afield. Uh, And of course, we've got the audio running here at the track as well on 100.9 FM. Let's check in in the pit lane straight away with Shea Adam. Good morning,
1: Shea. Good morning, John, and good morning to Nick Yellowly. That was a much better warm-up session, in effect, practice four for BMW. Seeing the two cars up near the top of the charts, at least for a brief moment, does that give you hope for this 12-hour race?
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, only only warm up So, um, yeah, we, we don't know where we're going to end up in qualifying. Obviously, that's a longer session. Um, when you've got to deal with a lot of traffic here and the tires coming in, it's quite difficult to know where you are. Um, but just listening into the debrief, it sounds like we made some improvements overnight um, in the right direction, which is good. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Connor's going to take the wheel for qualifying. And yeah, hopefully we can yeah, be a bit closer to the front or at the front.
1: Connor knows how to put it on pole here. He's done it before back in 2018 in the GT class. So that's at least good for you guys. What did you learn in between Daytona and coming here to Sebring that's helped you get a more competitive race car?
5: Yeah, I think quite a lot. I mean, the engineers had a a hell of a lot of data to go through from Daytona. This was the most amount of running we'd done with the two cars combined by a long way um, at Daytona. So we were able to trawl through all that, uh, start putting pieces together, uh, which I think was really good. Uh, Then we had the test, obviously, a few weeks ago here, where we were able to try out some of that. um, And definitely making um, steps forwards. It's just piecing it all together and, and making the car uh, really drivable, um, and that's what we're trying to concentrate on for obviously the twelve hours here. As this circuit uh, can really bite you if it's not uh, easy to drive.
1: Yeah, but if it chooses you, it's something magical.
5: Exactly right. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, yeah, we're the ones this week.
0: Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. So, for those of you perhaps who are just joining us here at the track on this fabulous Fast Friday, uh, Jeremy Shaw and Cher Adam with John Hindhoff will just bring you up to date with what's been happening. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship hit the track on for the first time only on Thursday. So they've had quite a truncated run to this point. Their last run in a fairly untidy session yesterday evening, which was meant to be the hour and a half night time session. They get the laps in in full darkness. And point of fact, I think we barely got 30 laps in in that session, where you'd have expected at least probably twice as many of that if the teams wanted to do them several red flags uh, left that a bit fractured before that Jeremy it's been pretty plain sailing for most of the teams one or two little accidents and incidents the biggest problems coming as we mentioned in that 10 minute session beforehand for the two Acuras at the front of the GTP failed, but they ran cleanly this morning, at least. Chasing electrical problems is never something you want to hear going into a big race.
4: No, it's not, particularly when you've, you've done a fair bit of testing and you think every, everything's working fairly well. I mean, this is always a place that's going to be really, really hard on equipment and drivers uh, because of the bumps, because of the nature of the circuit. But uh, I think uh, the, the problems that the Acura's had yesterday certainly took the teams a bit by surprise, and uh, there's... There's, um, yeah, there's some p- finger pointing going on, I gather, <laughs> uh, as to why the changes were made uh, when uh, they they had something that actually worked here. And uh, this place, you, you want to know, you want to know everything works. You,
0: you, you, it would be good to come with a known quantity, yeah. I think. Yeah, there you go. Acura, one of the only manufacturers, I think the only manufacturer in the GTP ranks that didn't do a long distance test. Uh, however, their long distance test was. Fairly success, successful at Daytona with both cars completing the distance. Not without some little issues. The I think the, f- the first car that didn't have an issue was the uh, Chip Ganassi Cadillac. They ran pretty clean but didn't quite have the pace of the, the accuracy at the front of the field. We'll revisit that later on when those cars are out on the track. Format for this is dead simple. It is 15 minutes ...for each of the categories. It has been split slightly differently. GTD Pro and GTD... ...the red number plates... ...and the green number plates... ...all going out together. Then it will be 15 minutes for... ...LMP2 and LMP3. And then we get the last 15 minutes... ...for just the GTPs. And remember... For the GTs, it is now open driver choice. And and, uh, just to underline that, Adam, you can give us some news about some of the drivers in the GTD cars in particular.
1: Well, I've just seen uh, two BMWs strolling down the pit lane. The first of which was the 95 Turner Motorsport BMW that has Bill Power making his 100th IMSA race weekend as far as the merge is concerned he's behind the wheel the number 95 we've got jan halen behind the wheel the number 16 right motorsport porsche two times a pole sitter in the last three years is jan halen we've got patrick gallagher behind the wheel the number 96 turner motorsport bmw madison snow is currently piloting the number one paul miller racing bmw phil ellis in the number 57 windward racing mercedes And I don't recognize the helmet behind the 023. It must be Alessio Rivera behind the wheel of that. No, it's not? No. Wait, he's just leaving the pit lane. Now he's triggered the exit. What does it say for Tri RC Competizioni?
0: Oh, no, you're right. It is. It, it wasn't him that brought it in, though. It is Alessio Rivera. Yep, and uh,
1: I believe that was Mick Grenier for the number 32 Team Cawthorpe Mercedes just exiting the pits. And we do have a nice gap on the racetrack As the first car coming out of Turn 17 now means that it should not get any traffic. Who is that? That is an Acura. That's Danny Formal for uh, Harrison Contracting for the number 93.
0: Thank you, Share. Here we'll be talking to uh, Paul Sitter in approximately 15 minutes time when the session is over. What sort of time should we be looking for here, Jeremy, in GTD and GTD Pro? Whilst you're looking that up, I'll remind everybody the cars are identical. So if you've got your best driver in, there's absolutely nothing to say that a GTD car couldn't be the fastest GT. It's happened, and GTD cars, it's a little more difficult to win the races... But they have done GTD car in the shape of uh, of Gradients NSX one at Montuperila Mon last year, and we had a GTD car which, remember, has to have a non-pro driver lineup or partially non-pro driver lineup. They won at the uh, Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona as well in, in the end
4: of January. What times are we looking for? Well, the fastest time we've seen uh, yesterday, what? Well, this week was a, was a two minutes point four that was oh, yeah. set in this morning session by daniel serra in the number 62 to competition ferrari um he is out there qualifying now so that would be in a quality sim this morning uh so that's the fastest time we've seen so far the fastest in gtd non-pro was a two minutes point eight by michael grenier yesterday although i think he might have gone a little bit quicker this morning um, the fastest time in this morning's session was a, a, G- a GTD non-pro was a ooh, excuse me yeah it was was again Michael Grenier two minutes point eight again so um that seems to be the the benchmark time last year's poll qualifying in GTD was was uh, was in uh, was a 58.7 wow for Daniel Serra well, that's a, that was a record actually I should say back in 2018, the fastest lap last year in qualifying was a 1 minute 59.7, we have got anywhere near that this time it's Daniel Junkadella
0: going out in the WeatherTech Mercedes the number 79 and Klaus Backler being bolted into the number 9 FAF Sports Porsche, he's not been here before, all of his previous 7 starts in IMSA competition have been at the Rolex 24 in Daytona it's a full season for Klaus this year which he'll be dovetailing with duties at the Nürburgring and other Porsche driving duties around the world so he's going to have some fun this year going to new tracks it's always lovely to go to a new track and for someone who's been around for a little while like Klaus not to have raced at places uh, like WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca six hours of the glen <laughs> yeah he's going to Long Beach as well of course isn't he, so that's going to be interesting I'm thinking about some of the classic road circuits here, Watkins Glen Laguna Seca Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta Road America, VIR oh he's going to have some fun this year and I think he'll take that challenge and he's stride if I'm absolutely honest still waiting for the fast laps to come in it'll take a couple of laps we've seen this develop over the last few years it started with the old GT Le Mans cars that used to bring their tyres in over a couple of three laps depending on the venue and although everyone is on a spec Michelin tyre here Michelin been working very hard with IMSA we've cut down the amount of tyres That you are allowed for each event weekend. The tyres are more durable. They are meant to be able to double stint across all the classes. Indeed you have to because you don't have enough to throw a brand new set on. Through every pit stop of the race. Even if you are running green all the way through. So some teams. Slightly different in terms Ah. of their setup but there are advised caster and camber levels as well as minimum pressures to be followed from uh, michelin who supply all the tyres to the IMSA competitions and series that are here this week
4: and now we're getting serious Uh, Antonio Garcia jumped to to the top with a two minutes point zero nine one That was about a minute ago since then. Jack Hawksworth has gone faster still. First guy into the sub two-minute bracket this week. A 159.826 for the number 14 Lexus.
0: Track conditions 63 Fahrenheit, 17 Celsius. So not too bad. Maybe another two or three degrees would be okay. Anything up to sort of 30 degrees Celsius is pretty decent. It's, you just want the balance wow. between the air temperature and the track temperature. When the air's a little cooler, and the air at the moment is 64 or 18 Celsius, when the air's a little cooler, it's, as the old drag racers used to say, the air is fat. It's a bit more dense and with a bit more oxygen in it you can produce a little more power because you can feed more fuel into the cylinders and all these cars have very sophisticated direct fuel injection systems
4: conditions are just fantastic I think at the moment uh, the the, 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 no it's fact, perfect. No just about perfect and the order right now we've got Lexus Ferrari let oh, just changed. Lexus Ferrari Mercedes Chevrolet Porsche then another Mercedes then a BMW then a Lamborghini then an Acura it was ridiculously close I think there, there were seven manufacturers very briefly in the top seven positions it's now the Antonio Garcia who goes fast it's a 159.7 he's been eclipsed by Jack Hawksworth a 159.582 for the Englishman
0: and we had Kyle Marcelli up to second in GTD fourth overall for a moment but now Aaron has just bumped him down every lap now is an improvement for everybody Hawksworth goes through with a 59.5 and pulls out a tenth and a half Antonio Garcia in second for Corvette Racing He's got two tenths on Heart of Racing's Alex Riberes Then Daniel Serra In the Ferrari is another three tenths further back for Risi
4: Yeah, and he's five thousandths ahead of Michael Grenier, who's wow. fastest in GTD Well, he's equal fastest an actual fact because Arantinas have done exactly the same lap but Grenier did it first, so he is on top at the moment. Top ten GT cars,
0: a mix of four GTD Pros and six GTDs, separated by six and a half tenths of a second, and that goes down to Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing, currently sixth in GTD. This is tight. The number crunches do a cracking job it was a technical we had again last year Jeremy just another banner year for parity within this category, somebody's just improved there, that was Daniel Junkadella yeah. for the 79 now he's, he was a lap or so behind everybody else, he's got up to 2nd and now it's 0.53 between 1st and 2nd and Phil Ellis for winward racing gets amongst the GDD pros
4: Looking to score that team's second consecutive pole position on pole at Daytona last time out as well. So it's now Lexus, Mercedes, Acura, Chevrolet. There's somebody in the tyre wall though. And as the dust clears out on the far side of the circuit, we'll get a red
0: flag with four minutes to go. Oh, it's, it's Klaus Backler in the Plaid Porsche. His first visit to this circuit and given the qualifying duties, he was... Down in twentieth position, eighth in class for Faf, and that's a big one at turn one. You don't have a small one at turn one in qualifying, and he's buried into the tyres right on the exit. My guess from the where that, that car's gone in, which is engine end first, which in a Porsche 911 GT3 R, a new 992 car. That's that's a big that's a big bump. In the the middle of turn one. And that will have swapped the ends on the car. That's my guess. On that car. The tyre wall's done its job. Huge amount of dust. But there is damage on the front of that car as well. Maybe it's been turned around by the impact. The most important thing is that Klaus is alright. No other running for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Until morning warm up tomorrow. So... This is a horrible thing to say, but all day today and into this evening, available for Faf to rebuild that car and it's going to take some work. The bonnet has sprung open. We've seen that a couple of times mm. with the... You know, it was Kaifon Berlow, wasn't it, who planted it in the tyres last night for the kelly Boss riley concern. That car, by the way, stripped down even before we had left last night, and Bill Riley saying it will be repaired, the Fomberlo car will be repaired, and in fact, has it been out? Yeah, it has been out. Yeah. yeah, so they work brilliantly well. Well, the back of that car is nowhere near as badly damaged as I thought we were going to see. That on the driveway, Faf Porsche. He's dug right the way through that Sienna or Okra, Ochre-coloured sand on the exit of turn one. Now, was he on his own and was it the bump to blame? Let's find out. Yes, it was. Got a tiny little bit wide. It was left front and then rear into the multiple stacks there. He was just off the racing line by maybe half a car's width. Turned in perhaps a tiny little bit too late. The bump is worse there. And he was coming in at very quick speed. Yeah, it's going to be the left front, I think, Jeremy, that's going to need the remedial work from the FAF mechanics. Probably steering
4: arms and suspension there. Yeah, dry, whole driver's side there uh, heavily into the tyre barrel. That would have been a big impact for the uh, for Klaus uh, he, he got He's out of the car, OK. That's certainly good to see. But there's going to be quite a lot of repair work needed to that car in order to get ready for tomorrow but that's the end of the session then so a pole position we did get 10 minutes but not
0: 12 i I, are we a guaranteed 10 in the 15 minute sessions i think we are yes so that was with just under five minutes to go so we have had the guaranteed 10 minutes of green flag so that session this is unofficial from me but i think that session is official i.e those those times will stand, which means that Corvette Racing, Jeremy Shaw, will be on pole position. And Gar- Antonio Garcia and the team have been informed of that because he's heading towards here. It'll be Vassar Sullivan, Lexus uh, on the outside of the front row, then WeatherTech Racing on the inside of row three, then the GTD pole sitter. We don't split the classes here. It's as you qualify. So the chequered flag is out. Antonio Garcia... Thumbs up as he's removed his gloves already down at the far end of pit lane. And Shea Adam is waiting for the Corvette driver to be with him. Carl Marcelli celebrating for Racers Edge Motorsport, their GTD pool position. And he'll be on his way down to Shea as well. Shea Adam, lovely morning and a great result for Corvette in that number three car.
1: Yeah, it really was. Uh, For Antonio Garcia, this is his ninth career pole position, and I have interviewed him here before, uh, standing in this very box. So for Garcia, coming back to Sebring, a very welcome thing, especially considering that they are the defending race winners in the GTD Pro category here at Sebring. But it was a scary moment for Kyle Marcelli, who almost threw away the pole position by getting out of the Acura. Uh, Thankfully, Johnny Knotts yelled to him, stay in the car. Now he has been cleared to come down. You'll hear the Acura engine in the background as antonio garcia is the second car in line and now we've got the acura here so kyle marcelli will be getting out of this car and we'll get a chat with the uh, canadian here first this is a new experience for kyle kind of exciting race winner he's been on the podium before uh not as far as sebring is concerned but as far as imsa WeatherTech is concerned and so for kyle first pole position in this series very exciting day especially for this entire team because they come into this not as the big dogs but as the self-proclaimed underdogs and the first person he gives a hug to is the guy he won the super trofeo championship with last year danny Formel, and now giving a hug to his crew chief nick celebrating with the team it's very much a, a family institution down here we'll get kyle to pop his helmet off and have a quick chat with the still young canadian Kyle, you've won races, you've been on the podium, you've never started on pole position in this series. How hard were you pushing for that honor?
6: Yeah, this is a first, and uh, man, I was emotional. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a heat or it's an early morning or what, but oh man, it's super thankful to, uh, to everybody at Wayne Taylor Racing, Racers Edge Motorsports, Harrison Contracting, the group out in turn five. Um, I mean, it, this, uh, this has been a long time coming. Uh, you know the new rules in the series allow any driver to qualify and and that 's kind of been fun and, and a perk um, you know it, daytona was uh, was close for us close to get a podium and we had we had a power steering issue at twelve minutes to go and so I think everybody rallied for this weekend and uh, man, what a fantastic start. Thank you to everybody
1: Acura doesn 't yet have a win at the mobile one twelve hours a Sebring, but a great consistency rate of finishing. As far as no DNFs for any of the Acura starts, what is it about this car that just seems to handle the bumps well?
6: Um, you know, it's a compliant race car. It's, uh, it's really good in the technical stuff, and uh, Sebring's technical and Sebring's bumpy, and so this Acura NSX is, has been historically uh, a great car here. Uh, as you said, it, it has not won the race, and neither have I, so we're looking to make that happen this weekend.
1: It sounds like a match made in heaven. Congrats on your first poll.
6: Thank you so much.
0: That's a good point, isn't it, Jeremy, that, that has given other drivers the chance to qualify. And I have no problem with them feeling emotional. I want my race drivers to feel emotional yeah. when they
4: do something good. And he done good this morning. He done good indeed. That was a great effort by Carl uh, Marcelli there. And uh, you would know, uh, had to consider him one of the underdogs, I think, coming into this session. Certainly, as you talked about a few minutes ago, I think that's a fair uh, description of that team coming into this event. But, you know, they've been flying below the radar screen a little bit. The, BOP, I think it's helped him a little bit for this weekend. Uh, But uh, you've got to get the job done, and he certainly did that. It was a great effort. He's had a couple of fastest race laps before in IMSA WeatherTech sports car competition. But as Shea said, not yet a pole position until this morning. So hats off to Kyle Marcelli, really deserving young man. I'm thrilled for him.
1: Antonio Garcia, this is a familiar place for you to be at Sebring, to be at the head of the grid pole position. Were you expecting this today?
7: I don't know. I mean, yesterday, the car felt really good, I must say. After practice one, we were not quite where we wanted, but from practice two onwards, uh, everybody seems to be fast, so Tommy, Jordan, so we have a good package, for, for sure. I mean, last night felt good. We we kind of tested before this little warm-up, before uh, qualifying, the car feel also felt also pretty good, so... I mean, I had it in the back of my mind that the car was good, and and I would had a chance to go on pole, but you're always very car- uh, careful with that. But I think it's the first uh, GTD Pro for us, uh, Paul. So yeah, yeah, let's let's do another another victory here. That's that's what Corvette likes here.
1: Yeah, I think Jordan got Long Beach pole last year, but it's definitely the first pole for here and three in four years, so we should start calling you a bit of a Sebring Meister. This track seems to like you.
7: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, GTLM, I wasn't pole the last two times, I think, and yeah, again, here. So I think, as I said, I think the car really suits this racetrack, and, and I think it's more to come because we love racing here, and yeah obviously looking forward for the end of the race there.
1: Is it better now that you have the rest of the day off to just sort of enjoy and savor the fact that you got pole position before the race tomorrow?
7: I don't know. I wouldn't mind to, to race like in an hour. So we'll <laughs> get it done soon. So <laughs> it's a long wait until just yeah, you know, 24 hours till we start. So yeah, a lot of things to, to think about, but obviously the car is good. So probably we just need to clean the car and that's it, put it in the put it in the truck.
1: Congratulations. Thank
7: you. Yeah, Antonio Garcia wanting to race today so he can watch the Sunderland-Luton match
0: tomorrow. Obviously, that's uh, why he... <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff from the Corvette Racing team. And Antonio Garcia has made a bit of a habit, hasn't he, of being in that uh, pool sitters box at the end of pit lane and talking to Shea Adam over the uh, last four years. Three times in the last four years two G GTLM and now
4: the... A GTD Pro, Paul. And yeah, we know we've talked about regularly the fact that the GTD Pro and the GTD non-Pro cars are all running with exactly the same uh, specifications in terms of the balanced performance. So the order overall in, then of of these of these uh, uh, GTD cars, it's Chevrolet, Lexus, Mercedes, Acura, then another Mercedes, then an Aston Martin, then a Ferrari. So that's what uh, six manufacturers in the top seven. And covered by just over half a second, but uh, Antonio Garcia, he was two and a half tenths quicker than uh, Jack Hawks within second position. So super tight there. And I think after, yeah, uh, Daytona was a bit of an anomaly in terms of GTD and the the balance of performance. There were several cars that were really not uh, on a par with Mm -hmm. with the rest at Daytona, but that seems to have been uh, rectified to a large degree now. And uh, I think uh, we're in for a cracking race tomorrow, and I wouldn't count anybody out of this race. Uh, on on, uh, on Saturday.
0: And if we go down to 9 tenths of a second, that's 12 cars covered there, and all bar the, I think, the McLaren uh, in that, in terms of the manufacturers. We did, for a moment, just before the flag come out, have three drivers on 159.944, which ended up with Mikel Grenier and... Uh, Aaron Thiel, it's still on that as Jeremy said Mickey Grenier for Team Court has got the time first, so that's why he's got that uh, position and uh, I think Kyle Marcelli had that time at one stage as well, but then improved to get that pole position 159.714 for Racers Edge Motorsports they're not at the moment a full season team, that number 93 car just in the Michelin Endurance Cup, so as it stands, we won't see them again until July uh, after this weekend and the Salem's six hours of the Glen. So, that was interesting, wasn't yeah. it? That was interesting. So, well, Chevy, it? Lexus, Mercedes, Acura, Mercedes, Aston, Ferrari, Mercedes, Lexus, Porsche, Ferrari, BMW, BMW, Lamborghini, Lamborghini, BMW, McLaren. That's your top 17
4: and that is a new uh, qualifying lap record for GTD Pro uh, it was Daniel Serra who held the mark before at 59.414 so uh, by almost a tenth of a second 59.315 then for Antonio Garcia and that number three Corvette the new standard in GTD Pro the GTD mark uh, was at 59.714 today by Carl um, Marcelli the, uh, the, the record, as I said before, goes back to 2018, different tyres, of course, then, back then, so you could, uh, you, you could talk about that. But uh, it, last year's poll was a 59.763 for Zach Robichon in GTD, so fractionally quicker than that for Karl Marcelli. And our next session
1: about to begin is slightly different than it has been in the past because we are having the LMP3 and LMP2 cars out on track at the same time instead of a split session for the LMP3s out by themselves and then the P2s running around with the GTP cars. I like the idea of this. Now, who can qualify in this session? It is regulated. You need to have a silver driver under the age of 30 or a bronze driver if you are an LMP3 machine. So we can look down the entry list and see who is applicable for those opportunities. But in LMP2, it's simple. You must have a bronze driver and they must do the qualifying. So we know who's going to be seeing the track first as the green flag waves and John Ferrano is going to be the lucky man with clear track ahead of him for the number 8, Tower Motorsport. In the number 35, we have Francois Aro and the number 11, the team car for TDS is Stephen Thomas right behind him. Dennis Anderson is the pilot of the number 20 for high class racing. Ben Keating, a man to watch here at Sebring. Very, very accomplished as far as positions are concerned, is, of course, by the wheel of the PR1 Matheson machine, number 52. And another car, I'm just going to throw this out there to watch, last year in qualifying, one Mr. Gar Robinson was very impressive in the number 74 Riley machine. He once again is behind the wheel of that orange and blue LMP3.
0: Thank you, And again, my previous comments about fast laps coming in, I'd say again, lap three possibly four onwards these cars with a little more aerodynamic downforce uh, that will allow them to put a bit more energy into the tyres through the faster corners here to generate some surface temperature on the Michelin slicks depending on which drivers you talk to weaving around to try and get heat in the tyres or accelerating and braking seem to be the best two ways I've always been a accelerate and brake or drag the brake sort of person but that's because I'm always petrified that if I'm weaving backwards and forwards on cold tyres I'll throw it off before I even get to the green flag or the qualifying part of the run because I don't have any talent can't say that here Tonys Casimis has just gone out for Arve Motorsports.
4: Happy birthday, Tonys.
0: God, having your birthday on St Patricks, dear. Double excuse for a bit of a party. It will be if he gets the pole position. Oh, yeah. Well, Arve Motorsports and uh, the Riley team um, were absolutely duking it out. And of course we've got the bronze rated drivers here, so it'll be Gar Robinson, no slouch by the way in the 74 car, expect him to be around, watch out for Ben Keating for PR1 Matheson Motorsport in the number 52, that's an LMP2 car, so what have we got, 18 cars, 19 cars out
4: on the circuit, 16 at the moment. Apologies. Should be 70. Yeah, because we've got uh, nine nine LMP threes and eight LMP twos. So
0: just getting again up to pace. By the time you start getting the fastest lap, you're down to around about nine and a half nine minutes. So it's not going to give you a lot. These quick fire sessions, are, I have to say, absolutely superb. And what you don't want to do is blow the pit lane speed limit. And that's exactly what Anthony Mantella has done for AWA. He'll have to come back through. It was only one kilometre per hour, but a speed limit is absolute. And that means he'll have to come back down through the pit lane. So he's going to lose effectively a couple of laps here, Jeremy, yeah. in his warm-up cycle of the Michelin
4: tyres. Yeah, and you get sort of warnings and and. and tickings off in the first couple of sessions, first couple of, sessions of, of practice but come qualifying and then again in a race as you say it's a d- zero tolerance so you've, you've used up any wild cards you might have in terms of getting away without a penalty so the car's not
0: yet up to pace nobody's put a flying lap in we've already had four of the 15 minutes in beautiful weather temperature just creeping up a little bit 20 celsius in the air is 68 fahrenheit and it's 66 fahrenheit on the track which is 19 celsius so just coming up a couple of three degrees two classes out on the track at the moment francois aro for tds in the lmp2 number 35 the quickest so far with a 55.2 jeremy Shaw. What are we aiming at here in terms of qualifying
4: times? Well, the the fastest lap we've seen so far this week with Christian Rasmussen uh, yesterday. Of course, he's a, he's a pro driver. He did a 50.6. The fastest by a non-pro, I reckon, was George Kurtz, actually, a 51.1. Which is, uh, at least that's, that's what the scoring says. I assume they had the right uh, chip in the car at the time, or the right um, plug in the car. Uh, so uh, we'll see But I, I, I would think um, Anything in the, in the 51s Would be uh, particularly good uh, I, I would, I'd be Suggest more likely The pole would be in the 52s Last year's pole position here In LMP2 Was uh, Ben Keating At a, uh, well, 49.9 But the car's have been slowed down since then, haven't they So um, Yeah, we're not going to get too close to that Carl Robinson,
0: as predicted, quickest in LMP3 at the moment at 58.5, so still a wee bit of time to come. I do like to see the P2s ahead of the P3s, ahead of the GTs, and we're just starting to filter those through now, nine of the 17 cars that have now all been out on track are ahead of Antonio Garcia's time. He was the Paul Sittner in GTD Pro for Corvette. If you are just joining us live in sound and vision here in the States and abroad, no subscriptions, no sign-up, no details required. IMSA.tv and via the drop-down menu at the top left of IMSAradio.com, every single qualifying session for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship again this season available to you without blocks or brakes and plenty of other IMSA content over the weekends as well that you can see at each event we had both of the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup races that will continue through the season again no subscription required Idemit to Mazda MX5 as well exactly the same some of the best racing at any IMSA event you can follow live and if you're outside the US of course you'll be able to see the whole race for the 71st Annual Melbourne 1 12 Hours of Sebring on Saturday we'll be on the air just after 9 o'clock to bring you the Michelin Countdown to Green Green flag at 10 past 10 local time that's 10 past 2 in the UK 10 past three in Europe on Saturday afternoon. And all of that, as I say, available to you here in the US. It's the NBC team headed up by Lee Diffie and the rest of the gang. Townsend Bell in the booth as well as Calvin Fish, Brian Till, Kevin Lee also involved. As well,
4: oh, Francois is doing a super job in that uh, number thirty-five car for TDS Racing. He's uh, just gone purple again in sector two and and in sector three to so imp- improve the time of fifty-one point nine that's- for the Frenchman. That's really really good effort.
0: We've not seen anything like that this week, Jeremy, have we?
4: No. The f- well, well, we have we have from the pros, but yeah. uh, but not from the uh, yeah. from the non-pros. No, yeah, that's exactly. a really really that's- good job.
0: The t- I think the
4: track conditions
0: are about perfect at the moment. Yeah. It's taking nothing away from Francois Herroi. You've still got to drive the car. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see some stunning laps in GTP in their session, which will start in about uh, 15 minutes. George Kurtz up to second for the crowd strike by APR04, Orica.
4: Yeah, So big... All- Ben Keating back to third Uh, generally speaking in LMP2 we see uh, Ben Keating and Stephen Thomas going at it don't we but right now Ben Keating's third and Stephen Thomas in the the second of the TDS cars car number 11 he's down in fifth place at the moment he won't be happy with that it's Andretti Autosport the number 36 Ligier
0: two different chassis in LMP3 Ligier and Duquesne formerly known as Norma it's all Oricas in LMP2 it's Glenn von Berlow for Andretti Autosport the 36 black and white car Uh, with a 55.6 in fact goes quicker 55.2 taking four tenths of a second out of his time extremely bumpy through turn 17 as we know sometimes only parts of one Michelin tyre touching the ground as George Kurtz continues
4: 55.2 that's a heck of a lap from uh, Glenn Van Burlo. the fastest time yesterday was by Dakota Dickerson at a 156.3 the qualifying lap record for LMP3 was Rasmus Lind back in 21 at 156.001. So Glenn van bello has gone a lot faster than that, the 55.215 for the young Dutchman.
0: Hello to Alan Prosser, to Jerry Z, Jerry on the ground. Hello to Ace GTA 24, all tweeting in at us on at IMSA Radio switch over to RSL stu- underscore studio for the WEC coverage later on today but for the moment our focus is very much on the last four and a half minutes of this qualifying session for LMP2 and LMP3 and it's starting to hot up again four tenths at the top the two TDS cars yep. Stephen Thomas just dropped in there ahead of George Kurtz Ben Keating strangely not fighting here. he's doing double duty again this weekend Oof. down at turn Seven, a race has broken out in qualifying and pulling to the right, the John Ferrano-driven Tower Motorsports orange, black and white car.
4: Massive Massive lock-up for John Ferrano.
0: Yes, as as he was being closed down on, I think he may have just taken his eye off the ball there. Uh, Actually, the headlamps were flashing on that car there. I think he might have hit the pit lane speed limiter as well as he was trying to go down the block. Dennis, Dennis Anderson in the red white and black polar seafood high-class racing number 20 has gone around at the same point it's very very bumpy there in the braking zone no ABS on these cars of course and very close Gar Robinson almost clipping the front of the stationary cars underwaved yellows that is not going to endear him to race control there and spun the car Now Dennis has got to the apex, but he hasn't got enough lock to get all the way around so he's going to have to wait now and watch the corner workers, he'll be giving him the wave if it's okay to move and he just pulled out right in front of the AWA of Anthony Mantella, my goodness that was very close indeed. I don't think man telling you anything about that, wow. if I'm
4: honest. Are you, wh- what were you saying about Ben Keating?
0: Yeah, well, he's got, I know he's got us tuned in on 100.9, uh, <laughs> so I thought of giving a, the man from Texas a little bit of a G up. And he's uh, gone down to one seven and has a tenth on the field.
4: Excellent effort by Ben Keating then. So, yes, uh, it's for PL1 Matheson Motorsports that... Uh, Wins car, distinctive livery on that car, heading down the back straight towards turn seven and the hairpin. He's uh, looking very stable under braking, gets that car turned in really, really nicely. He's got he's another good just, lap going here. He's just getting better and better. But Stephen Thomas has gone purple through sector one in car number 11. Purple on the timing screen, signifying
0: the fastest lap of anyone in that class. By the way, uh, those of you here and further afield, anyone else slightly disappointed that Ben Keating's privately entered gte am Corvette in WEC is not in the wind's colours? Hands up, hands up. Yes, that's everybody, yes. It's running really in yellow. I want to see that car in the wind's colours, Ben. Absolutely. So Ben Keating by a tenth from TDS a TDS pair of Errol and Stephen Thomas 35 and 11 near about half a second between them in Thomas
4: got the bit three. between his teeth coming down the uh, the back straight towards Sunset bend he's got a good lap here he's got purple in sector one personal best in sector two what can he do through turn 17. coming to the line got on the power good. nice and early yeah, there Jeremy did. didn't yeah. he yeah. Comes to the line
0: with a minute and ten to go. He'll get this one more lap. No. Improves but his time, but not his position. 152-1. One. So he's about taking about a tenth or so. No, he's about half the deficit to his teammate, Francois Aero, but he's not on the front row yet. In LMP3, it's still Andretti Autosports, Glenn van Berlo by a good margin. 1.6 seconds from Tony Skazimitz on his birthday for Ave. Then JDC Miller's Dan Goldberg. is only another Point one of a second back and point zero two eight Gar Robinson and down in fourth position outside of row two for Gar he'll be trying to improve that then Ari Baylog for Junior 3 then the two AWA cars Anthony Mantella oops. in the 17 and Ori Fadani in the 13 oops Jeremy for what
4: Stephen Thomas going a little bit deep there at turn 7 he was purple through the first sector again which is just before the braking area I think isn't it for turn 7 but uh, he he uh, he, he, I think he lost a fair bit of time there going through the the hairpin. Let's have a look at the on a re, have a look on a replay here.
0: Bouncing around all yeah. over the place. The darker parts of the concrete is where the tyres are at, or almost locking up. And yeah, he went really deep there. Just didn't get the the braking, didn't get the retardation he was looking for. Stop and sixty second hold for Dennis Anderson. Well, there's not that much time. In fact, the check flags come out now that was for the unsafe rejoin at turn seven dennis uh down in well fifth position i i don't know whether race control will penalize him for that because they won't add that onto the next session which will be the ah actually that'll be warm-up tomorrow morning so they could carry it forward into that
4: so second consecutive poll here for Ben Keating then at Sebring, it looks like.
0: To the Stephen line now.
4: Stephen Thomas took the chequered flag, didn't he? He, he was... Uh,
0: yes, he did. Ero has not. There goes Ben. And uh, where is the 35 car? Coming out of Turn 17 now. Jeremy's looking at the splits. There's a couple of cars on the front straight absolutely together. As they go through, Ero has peeled off into the pits. So he knew... He'd have seen on his dashboard that he didn't have the split times. So it will be Ben Keating and Glenn van Berlo to speak to Shea Adam at the end of the pit lane. Another quality piece of driving. I'm sure Ben stung by the fact he didn't get pole position in uh, GTE Am in the WEC yesterday. If you missed that, our archive is available. It was a great session for all three qualifying groups in WEC yesterday, go to RadioLeMond.com, the free archive is there, you can listen on demand or download it. Absolutely phenomenal in all three classes, GT, um, LMP2 and the hypercars. So a bit of a a victory lap if you will for the pool for Ben Keating in the winds livery, very distinctive, it's one of those classic colourways isn't it on a race car, mm. so GTPs to come but not until we have spoken to our two Paul sitters. Some cable ties going on to the front of the number 60 Acura, sure what that's holding on, that car and its Acura stable mate, number 10, Wintela Racing with Andretti Autosport machine, both with electrical issues there, yesterday that caused them to go dead stick out on the track. Upgrades, as Jeremy said, being applied to software and systems between Daytona and here. You will have seen there was a reasonable amount of controversy about the car that crossed the line first at Daytona uh, regarding minimum tyre pressures and the manipulation of the data going back to IMSA and Michelin. We did approach Mike Shank for a comment, and that he declined to speak about it. So we respect that, but just so you know, the approach was made by our pit reporters. Ben Keating. Pole sitter for LMP2. Shea Adam is down at the end of pit lane, which is where the celebrations are starting. And for Ben Keating, this is almost a bit muted of a pole position celebration.
1: I love the new helmet that he's got. It is so sparkly with the wind's colors on it. It is magic. And for Ben, this is awesome because last year it was pole position for both Yesterday, you got a little bit more fired up because you didn't quite get the pole position. Did that give you the added inspiration to try and get the LMP2 pole position here today? Once again, at Sebring International Raceway, I know it's a track that you love and thrive at.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was really, really close. It's much in both classes. It was uh, both series. It was a lot closer this year than it was last year. I, uh, I had a pretty big margin last year. Uh, and for whatever reason, you know, Sebring, the track changes so much. Uh, for whatever reason, but uh, it's taken me longer to get comfortable out here uh, uh, in both cars, for that matter. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I didn't expect to do a 51.7, uh, and I didn't expect to have someone 12 hundredths behind me. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was all really, really close. I had one better lap going, and uh, uh, it locked up in turn 10 and went off track. And so, you know, I was giving it my all, that's for sure.
1: I've just got one question for you because I love the new colors on the helmet. Are we going to see that Corvette at some point in these lovely winds colors?
2: Uh, I don't think so. I I think it's Corvette Racing's uh, 25th anniversary. It's a big deal for them. I'm just honored to be uh, in a yellow number 33. So I got my number, uh, but uh, they can keep the colors. Yeah, you know, Wins also owns Rainx, so we've, it, it makes for a nice yellow Rainx car. That is well, Likewise. congrats
1: on another pole position.
2: Hey, thanks, Shay. A couple of people, including Dave Olcox
0: in. How are we going to recognize Bern Keating's GD Amcar in the WEC if it's not Wins' colors? Uh, Glenn van Berlo, Andretti Autosport, pole position in Ooh. LMP3 for the number 36.
1: Glenn, congratulations. It only took you uh, one race start to then get your first pole position. How hard were you pushing out there?
0: Yeah, I was pu- pushing pretty much.
5: Yesterday was quite limited in terms of driving time, so uh, today I had to put it all together. But the car was just on point. It was really, really good, especially on the peak lap. Obviously, with these temperatures, you have the peak already in the beginning of the, of the, st- of the, of the quality run. But it felt really good. Obviously, tomorrow the, the points can be collected, but it's, uh, it's a good start.
1: How are you fitting in well with these Andretti Autosport crew? It's a different team than you ran with before.
5: Yeah, it's definitely a different team, um, but the guys are really professional. They know they have so much experience with this car, so uh, I, I had a lot of confidence going into the team, and, um, yeah, the guys give me a really good car. So, yeah, let's see how tomorrow goes, but um, I'm confident.
1: Congratulations. Thank you. And, John, they've got the green on the car for the lucky St. Patrick's Day. There yes, we go. Yes,
0: well done. Little little dash of green. A, a big big celebrations uh, in this part of the world for St. Patrick's Day, bit Saint of Ireland, of course. And it strikes me it's probably a good job that Glenn and his brother Kai aren't in the same category here because they're terribly competitive between them. Right, we've not done this before and had a sole GTP uh, qualifying. We had a GTP practice session at Daytona but the weather didn't really play along for that one. So, share Adam, uh, this is an open choice for all the GTP teams. Who are we going to see in this uh, fast nine? Okay, well, uh, let's
1: start with the Porsches. Why not? In the camp down there for Porsche Penske Motorsport, we have? the mats they won the gtd pro championship together last year but now we've got maddie campbell aboard the number seven and matthew jaminet aboard the number six working together maybe fighting it out for the pole position, more likely. In the BMW camp, we have Connor Di going for his second pole position at Sebring International Raceway. He got it back in 2018. That was in a GT car. Now he's going for the overall. He is aboard the number 25. And the sister car, the number 24, that would be one Mr. Augusto Farfus. So that will be exciting to keep an eye on. For the Cadillac camp, the number 31, Whalen Engineering Cadillac, of course, you've got the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who's won three times here overall for the 12-hour Mr. Pipo Durrani and in the 0-1 a guy who's been on pole here twice before including last year with one win to his name that would be the man the myth the legend Mr. Sebastian Bourdais (laughs) you see how there's a little bit of a theme there for Cadillac Mm -hmm. racing and for Acura well I can't tell you who's in the 60 because they're a little bit too much further down but I would guess it's Tom Longfist, the man who's gotten several pole positions for that team over the last 12 months and for the number 10 well you've got a Ricky Taylor You're going to plug in Ricky Taylor, aren't you, for Konica Minolta? So those are our protagonists. Good luck trying to decipher which one of them is going to get pole position before the session goes green.
0: Well, on what we've seen so far, it would appear that the Cadillacs have a slight edge over the bumps here. Ever since I first saw the GTPs in the two-day test after Matul Lamont last October, it seems to me that the Cadillacs, well, they were certainly using more curb. You don't use up the curb, here quite so much because they are quite aggressive. But they rode the bumps very, very well indeed. The, that doesn't seem to have changed as the development has gone on. And the chassis control from that car seems to be very good. And that gives them an edge here. You want the Michelin tyres in contact with the ground as much as possible to give you forward motion, of course. You can't get any grip if they're even just a couple of millimetres off the ground. So here we go, Jeremy. Um, The stopwatch during the week tells us that perhaps there's a little edge for the Cadillacs, but I'm not counting anybody out. I just wonder if Porsche uh, and the Penske Motorsport team have got anything. We know Nick Tandy leaves nothing... Uh, on the table if he's was it nick that uh, she said was qualifying that car oh no it's the two mats of course yeah sorry jim thank you
4: Yeah. Uh, however it's gonna be interesting isn't it because the 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 fastest lap as you say if you look at the sector times it would be the cadillac but the fastest actual lap that's been turned was by the acura tom blumquist a 147.0 i would expect uh, to go quite some way below that during this qualifying session, now condition, conditions conditions been perfect, no other traffic on the track, uh, it's go time now. There was
0: a 45 in the yep. in the tra- in the GTPs on the track yesterday. If the session, if the sector times had been put together, that w- that was Pipo yep. Durani, but yep. he bailed out of a very fast lap that he had going in the first two sectors. But if
4: we added his third sector on, that was a, a one minute 45 all yeah. day, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And and uh, what, what have the, the Cadillac and the Porsche teams learned from the WEC qualifying yesterday? Very slightly different specifications on the cars, uh, mainly down to aero, uh, but uh, pretty tires. darn close. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of data, you know, there's certainly been a lot of data transfer between the the, the WEC and the IMSA paddocks for those mm-hmm. manufacturers.
0: Uh, and we, we should point out that the ACO guardians of the Le Mans 24 hours, And the FIA World Endurance Championship and their counterparts here at IMSA in the technical department. They have been exchanging data. The slight difference, as Jeremy was talking about there, is because in the homologation process, the effectively technical passport for the cars, the... LMDH GTP cars that have gone to race in the WEC had to go through some wind tunnel testing to get some baseline data. Now for IMSA that's done up at Windshear in North Carolina. For the WEC that's, is, that takes place in Switzerland at the Audi, newly acquired Audi Sauber wind tunnel at Hinville and there are slight differences in data coming out of that which is why even though those cars run at the same base rate and pretty much exactly the same in terms of output power output from the engines and the hybrids there are just some very detailed changes the WEC cars run a tiny bit more draggy the drivers tell us they can barely feel it if at all there's a couple of other things different, the scrutineering wiring looms are quite different between the two series so it would make it not impossible, but not the work of a moment either, to change a chassis from WEC spec to IMSA spec or indeed vice versa, which is going to make things quite interesting actually when we get to Le Mans and Action Express and Chip Ganassi are sending their IMSA cars to Le Mans to compete under the WEC rules, and then they've got to get them back from France and back into IMSA spec rebuilt after a 24 hour race before the sale and six hours of the Glen in early July. So logistically that's probably as much of a challenge as running the Le Mans 24. I have no doubt that they are already talking about it. So Counting down, is this a slightly longer session Jeremy, is this a 20 minute
4: session for the GTPs? Must have been. Yeah, good question, yeah I guess it is. So yeah, coming to we that the same line. same thing at Daytona didn't we?
0: Yeah, coming to the line, number 10 Acura going down towards turn one.
4: Yeah, 20 minutes you're Just
0: right. Just trailing the throttle and then back on it again, Tom Blomqvist has gone through in the 60 Acura. Conor De for Team RLL in the number 25. These are still, I mean they're very quick laps. But they are still preparation and tire warm-up laps. Down towards turn 7 for Ricky Taylor. Applies the throttle so progressively there. Easy to break. Traction on the rear end of these cars with the hybrid and the internal combustion engine running on down there at turn 7 that's uh, Conor de Felipe in the 25 BMW from Team RLL just locked it up on the bumps, decided to come off the brake straight away so as not to flat spot the tyres went straight on down the escape road so that's a lap that he's not going to improve on there goes the number seven Porsche Penske Motorsport car, swapping between WEC and uh, commentary for Imza here. A red and white number seven can easily be called a Toyota Gazoo Racing car as it flashes. Really good lap
4: going here for Ricky Taylor. Really good lap for Ricky Taylor. He
0: looked really smooth, didn't he, through turn seven, eight, and nine? There, we have the ability to look at a couple of the on-boards as well in the global broadcast centre, cross the line, 1-46-1, not sure that's gonna be enough Jeremy, it's good, it's very good in the context of what we've seen this week and at the test, the best time at the test was a 46-5 or 6 from memory but I'm not sure that's gonna be good enough today and what are nigh on perfect conditions, 19 Celsius on the track, 21 in the air. That's 70 in the air and 66 on the track.
4: It's almost a full second quicker than anything we saw yesterday, but I think you're right. I think we're going to see even more than that uh, in these next few minutes here. 146.9 for Blunkus, 151.5 for Di Felipe, but that included that runoff deep at uh, turn seven. So he'll improve upon that. Ricky Taylor has just gone uh, a tenth or two faster through the first sector, which is less than 10 seconds. It's a really short sector. I guess actually the timeline is before turn three, isn't it? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just after turn one. He's uh, still so actually on the tight. curb at turn one, I think, when you go across yeah. the timing line. Yeah. So Blomqvist in the second, Conor de Filippi in the third, Acura, Acura, BMW M hybrid. Haven't seen a Cadillac time. Hello to Jesse Young in Australia where it's past 1am in the morning and watching on there. Can the caddy take Paul? Says Jesse. I did predict that, didn't I, at the Bathurst meeting back in February. Got some friends who were tuning into the WC for the first time down there. Overnight watch and listen parties. Thanks, Jesse, for tuning into IMSA Radio and the Radio Show Limited network of audio and visual channels Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Of because the other thing that's different about this session 20 minutes and you can't take a second set of tyres which we saw at the row before the Daytona 24 only one team did it there
1: and they got pole position And now the same tactic is being employed by Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport because Ricky Taylor into the pit lane, fresh Michelin, just the left front. Uh, They have changed now. They're doing the other ones. And uh, that was interesting. It was a bit of a delay before they decided to change all four of them. But yes, indeed, four new sticker Michelin tires going on to this car. Let's see if it pays off here as well, like it did for the 60 at Daytona.
0: Well, advantages, you've got fresher of a disadvantage. You've got to bring them back in and get the heat cycle onto them. And that's going to take about two laps or four minutes around. But with 11 minutes still on the clock, there's plenty of time to do that. And it is the number 10, Conningham and Alta, WTR with Andretti Autosport. Team who have jumped first, which is exactly what they did at Daytona. There was then a red flag, remember, when Nick Tandy went off. So nobody else got to put their second set of new Michelin slicks onto the car. And it's important to note that these tyres are part of their race allotment. And it's been reduced again this year, this year. What are we down to now for the GTPs for qualifying in the race?
1: Uh, Standby as I pull my notebook out from behind the back and it is 16 sets for the weekend, but 11 for qualifying in the race. So this is the second set of tyres that uh, WTR with Andretti has used for this qualifying session. As away goes Ricky. So they're using two, meaning that they have nine new, brand new sets, whereas everybody else will have ten.
0: At the moment... Tom Blomqvist into the pit lane in the number 60 Acura as Ricky pops out into turn one. He's right ahead of the BMW number 25, Conor de Filippi might just get by him uh, as he's getting up to speed. Yes, he has, and it looks like Tom Blomqvist is going to get a new set of Michelin rubber as well. Yes, he is. There's half a second between those two cars at the moment. Pippo Durrani's best at 0 That's not really there at the moment but how's he on the warm-up cycle through goes Seb Bourdais. who's qualified the zero-one one Cadillac that's the yellow fronted car uh, we called that uh Cadillac gold didn't we Durrani we second three eight nine. just orders, after i said he wasn't anywhere <laughs> thank you people three tenths of a second just under between Ricky Taylor and Piper Durrani I was just recalling the story the other day, the first time I met people, Durrani, it was at the WEC Prologue test at Paul Ricard at Le Castellet in France many years ago. It was his 1st PT drive and he was very excited to show me around the car. Car was up on the hijacks with the wheels off being prepped and he said, no, no, get in, get in, have a go, get in. I said, people, if I get in there, it'll be great, I'd love to, but you wouldn't have the use of the car for the weekend because they'd have to cut me out of it what a great career he's having big slide out of tower turn from Sebastian Bordet he drops the out outer portion of the left hand rear Michelin over the edge but I don't think the whole tyre went into the dirt there so Acura Cadillac Porsche now in third with Mathieu Jaminet putting in a 146.2 I think that's the fastest Porsche lap we've
4: seen Oh, yeah. This week so far, by again, Jeremy by a margin. Yeah, I mean they're all going at least a second uh, a lap faster than they had been before, except so far for Sebastian Bourdais, who hasn't really uh, put a lap together. He's only done two laps so far from the number zero one car. But everybody else is going faster, uh, and uh, Augusto Farfus just set the fastest time of all through through turn one, basically the first sector, nine point six five six seconds, fractionally quicker than Ricky Taylor had gone. But Pipa he goes to, to the, the top. top. Wow, there you go, 45, 8, 3, 6. Still on his first set of tyres as well.
0: Now, not sure he's going to pick with just seven minutes to go. That would make it tight. A 45, 8, 3, 6. Outstanding work from the Brazilian. Porte at the moment in eighth but he was the last car out so he's only done two flying laps at the moment
7: so interesting that isn't it yeah
0: yeah hasn't pitted yet either so he he didn't go out at the same time as everybody else So still time on the clock, twenty minutes. Remember, just to, to remind you, that forty-five-eight that would have put people to Rani uh, on the outside of rule two for the WEC later today. He would have bumped down the fifty-one Ferrari with a forty-five-eight-seven-four. So about eight tenths away from the pool set yesterday in brilliant conditions yesterday afternoon for wac again lovely track and air temperatures i'm impressed that people still only used one set as sebastian Bourdais we said jeremy keep an eye they were on a different strategy 0.087 of a second away from the other cadillac and again only one set of tyres used there by Bourdais so far.
4: Yeah, and no, it, it's uh, with only five minutes to go. I, I they're not th- coming th- in. No, they're not going to come in now. I don't think. No. But uh, so Ricky all on Taylor, quick top three. Ricky
0: Taylor, fifty six two last time around, because he's got that new set of Michelin slicks on, no tyre choice here. One construction and compound for everybody the it is the harder of the two compounds or the heart the oh Oops. big lock up for Taylor down at turn seven oh and shoot. into the wall goes the Penske Porsche Porsche Penske Motorsport that's the seven car with the black stripes over the top and that's Matt Campbell who's gone off at turn one wow. that's the second time we've seen Matt Campbell have a drop how unusual is that that's going to stop the session And that's going to put Pippo Durrani on pole position. There had been a mistake before that by Ricky Taylor at Turn 7. He might have been able to recover from that and get another lap, but we don't know if he damaged his tyres. This is huge news that the two Cadillacs will lock out the front row for the 71st Annual Mobile 1 12 hours of Sebring, having used one set of Michelin tyres fewer than Conic and Minolta, Porsche Penske Motorsports number 6, Shank Racing Acura number 60, so yeah. that is important to know for the
4: race. Yeah, so definitely the, the, the strategy worked for Shank Racing at Daytona, it did not emphatically here at Sebring, and uh, Pipo Durani for the second time in three years will have the pole position, he was on the outside of the front row last year, the pole the year before and the pole now, brilliant effort by the Brazilian there, in car number 31 for Wheelan Engineering. Uh, Matthew Matt Campbell is out
0: of the Porsche number 7 coming through Ooh, he oh, he drops, touched the inside, the inside wall. wall touched the inside wall at turn 1 with the left rear of the car that just unsettled the machine unsurprisingly put it into a sideways slide that's a big impact to the back of that yeah. car a big impact we know these cars are strong Nick Tandy bounced the sister car into the tyres at the Le Mans bus stop chicane and his qualifying efforts you go very close to the outside wall and then cut across to the inside wall where the Lexus area is that was actually more than a slight glance yeah. so a little bit of a miscalculation there from Matt Campbell just hitting the inside wall that's on his side of the car as well so if it looked close to us from the trackside cameras and he would have felt that he may have actually broken the rear toe link of the car. As he, well, uh, hard to see um, whether that was broken before he hit the tyres. But it certainly changed the trajectory of the car. And it's rubbed off the Rolex branding and uh, put a wheel mark on that apex. Well, we know where the apex of the corner is now, Jeremy, for sure yeah thank you matthew the campbell line not working sarah bovy yesterday getting close to the exit of turn 17 but not that close checkered flag is out thank you tony in the sunshine and that will end the session so work to do for porsche penske motorsport seventh position for that car um he lose that lap, of course. he lose two laps because he caused the red flag. So that car will drop to the back of the field in GTP. So two Cadillacs, an Accurate Porsche, an Accurate... Where was the second BMW? Uh, oh, yes, there it is. Yeah. What? Why did... Why... Just the one Ganassi Cadillac here, of course. They had two at Daytona. So eight cars in that session. People taking pole position for and
4: Engineering. Yeah, and all, all of the cars going, uh, it, all, all eight of them go faster than anybody managed yesterday. The quickest time yesterday uh, on the lapsed, t- uh, on the uh, on lap times was 147.0 Conor Di Filippi will be eighth on the grid at 146.9 but uh, what an effort that was from Pipo Durrani
0: People out of the car live coverage free here in the US and around the world on IMSA TV and pictures on the IMSA radio site as well via the live video tab to the lof- top left hand side drop down menu good to have your company if you are here at the track 100.9 fm and also for the two remaining races of the weekend we'll take over 99.1 in the central highlands region here thanks to wwoj for allowing us to annex their frequencies so the brazilian driver once again jeremy shaw proving his class. Good tactics by the two Cadillac teams. Sebastian Bordet maybe had one more lap in those tyres because he'd only completed five laps or so four flyers and probably only three of those were at any kind of representative speed if, from what we'd seen from anyone else. There might have been one more for Bordet. He ends up 0.087 of a second, so just underneath the tenth away from pole position. 145.8 and 145.9 for the two Cadillacs, 31 from zero, 01. Row 2 will be split between Acura number 10, leading the championship coming in here this weekend for Connick and Minolta, and the Porsche 963, number 6 of Porsche Penske Motorsport. That will be your front two rows as we come to green for the 71st running of the Mobile 1, 12 hours of Sebring. That should give us an interesting run down to turn one with the two yeah. Cadillac teams, presumably having a wee chat before the green flag. They don't want to be uh, getting in each other's way there with the hard charging Acura and Porsche behind them. It'll be—I uh, would not be surprised at all if uh, there was a little bit of. Internecine chat going on there between the two bowtie tie entries. Shea Adam is standing by at the end of pit lane. The clear up continues at turn one. That was a significant hit into the wall for the Porsche 963 number seven. That car is now on the back of a flatbed and coming back with rear end and left hand side damage. Shea Adam has our pole there for the 2023. 71st running of the Mobile One, 12 hours of Sebring. It goes to Whalen Engineering, Action Express, and to Pipo Tarani. And for
1: Pipo, this is pole position lucky number seven in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Pipo, when we talked yesterday, he talked about looking forward. This is the first pole position for this new Cadillac. How important is it that it comes here?
3: Yeah, actually, I haven't thought about that before, but um, no, it's just, you know, it shows that, We've been working hard since Daytona, I think we showed some promise there, but we were perhaps a little bit behind some of our rivals and now to get here with a very competitive package, um, it, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's good to be on pole, it's been a while and it's been, we've been coming back from a very difficult season last year and so slowly, you know, step by step, getting back to what Action Express knows how to do it, and uh, yeah, we, we wouldn't be here without the support of Wheelin and, uh, and Cadillac, so uh, really happy to, to be here with these guys, to be on pole, second race of the season, make a few points for the championship, not that they count much, but when I won the championship, they made a difference, so um, yeah, enjoying the moment, it's a long race, but uh, it's good to be on pole.
1: How important is it as well to have another Cadillac alongside you when the
3: green flag falls tomorrow? I mean, it's it's great. It shows that, you know, we've been working uh, alongside Ganassi on uh, on making sure this car gets improved. And uh, and so th- this shows that we've been on the right path. Um, yeah, it's good. It's a Cadillac like 1-2. I mean, it couldn't be any better than that. So looking forward to the race.
1: Will you and Seb have a chat beforehand to try and work out a strategy going into Turn 1? I mean,
3: they're two different teams, but the same manufacturer at heart. I mean, it's a long race, you know. It's about getting to the end we uh we might we might chat with each other we might not but you know seb has always been very fair in everything he's done and uh fighting with him it's always uh, straightforward so um i'm sure uh i'm sure we can go over a coffee later today or or you know bump uh, fist bump with each other um, it's kind of like one two that's what matters and that's what we want to do for the race
1: we'll see you for warm up tomorrow congratulations on another poll
3: thank you Now, if they
0: both end up in the wall in turn one, lap one tomorrow, we'll remind him of what he said there. I'm only joking, of course. Pipo Durrani, another pole position for Whalen Engineering Racing Cadillac, and they lock out the front row with Sebastian Porte, a tiny tick of the clock in second. Row two will be Conningham and Alta Acura, number 10, and Porsche Penske Motorsport, number six. Interesting uh, coincidence that... uh, Two of our sessions today ended with red flags caused by Porsche factory drivers putting their cars in the wall at turn number one. This is going to be very interesting. We really saw the times that those cars are capable of in qualifying today. And tomorrow we'll see them in warm up, which will be a systems check. And then it's 10 past 10 for the green flag. We'll be on air in plenty of time before that with the Michelin countdown to green our Porsche keys to the race and Jeremy will give you the full field rundown as well in that Michelin countdown to green that's the end of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for today don't go too far away though and if you're listening outside of the track switch to RS1 now as we'll begin our build-up to the 1000 miles of Sebring round one of the 2023 FIA World Endurance Championship in a little while. Shea Adam was down in the pits. Jeremy Shaw and John Heindorf in the booth. It's Cadillac on pole position in GTP. PR1 Matheson Motorsport. Ben Keating, the number 52, has the LMP2 pole. Glenn Van Berlo and Andretti Autosport for LMP3. And the best of the GT category cars was Antonio Garcia and Corvette Racing. They'll start at the head of their respective classes for the 71st running of the Mobile One. 12 hours of Sebring tomorrow, and it'll be all live here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV.
4: This
6: programme is a radio show limited production.
0: For more, check IMSAradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.